Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. Hey friends, it's Denise here. Welcome to another episode of Chill and Prosper, your podcast for money mindset and all sorts of fun stuff about making your life and business much, much easier. And today I am talking about um, lessons that I've learned from doing book tours. Now, you might not be an author. You might not ever have aspirations to write. You might be an author, but you never want to do a book tour. I think you'll still get a lot out of this episode because it really shows how sometimes in business we overcomplicate things and it just takes a few mindset tweaks and the desire to make things easier. And my philosophy, there's always an easier way, but sometimes you have to go the detour and make things a little bit more complicated before you learn that lesson. Okay, so even if you're not an author, please stick around because um, I want to hear some of your ahas from my mistakes as always. Okay, so I have been uh, an author since, I mean, I've self-published my book 2011, which was Lucky Bitch. I then did Get Rich Lucky Bitch in 2012. Then I uh, published with Hay House. um, And so I published a book called Chillpreneur with Hay House. But at the same time, I sold them my self-published books to republish. So then we had three books with Hay House. And then the new edition of Chillpreneur is called Chill and Prosper. Okay. So when you write a book, sometimes people want you to go on a book tour, right? And I have done it three times, uh, two kind of stressful times and one super easy Chillpreneur, Chill and Prosper way time. So let me tell you about my first book tour. So I did um, a trip to London for my first book tour and it was really freaking stressful and I'll tell you why. One, I had my family with me, uh, which was very stressful. My kids were really young, so I was still like breastfeeding and stuff like that. I, I hadn't quite worked out what boundaries and things I needed uh, for that. So I was like, I, I only arrived a little while before the tour. Um, you know, like I didn't get enough childcare and stuff for the tour and I was really, really stressed. Um, I was super jet lagged and I couldn't sleep and, you know, I was still breastfeeding and all of the things. So it was um, incredibly stressful, I would say. I had to lug books everywhere. I had to lug my backdrop um, everywhere. And it was it was really kind of stressful. And that was only like two speaking events for that. It was really, really stressful. Um, my second book tour was in 2017. So this was to launch um, the new versions of Lucky Bitch and Get Rich Lucky Bitch. And man, it was also stressful. And here's my mistake for that, right? Um, I was just going to go by myself and I felt really guilty about going on this tour and leaving my family. So I was like, hey, why don't you guys come with me? And so at the time I had um, two kids and again, I was breastfeeding <laughs> the, sec- the second one and Instead of just going, hey, look, fam, I'm just going to be away for like, you know, seven days and I'll be back and I'll batch heaps of events. We ended up going for a month. 
because I was like, oh, well, if we're going to this city, we may as well go to this city. Oh, if we're going to this city, we may as well go to this city. And it just kind of grew and grew. And because then we had my family, I decided to take my mom on the tour. We decided to like hire a whole bunch of team and it just kind of grew and grew. And that really came from me not wanting to set boundaries and feeling bad about um, like being away from my family. And I totally could have been like, I could have just gone by myself and it would have been literally just a couple of days away. Now, this has actually uh, inspired a lot of stuff that I wrote about in my book, Chillpreneur, now titled Chill and Prosper. The whole uh, chapter called The Golden Goose was actually inspired by this book tour because I was up really late. The baby was crying. Mark's like, you need to get up with the baby. I mean, he was, I can't even remember how old he was now. He was probably two or something, but he was still um, kind of breastfeeding sometimes. And I remember just going, I'm the freaking golden goose here. And no one is respecting like this. I have to be on stage in like, you know, eight hours um, and no one cares about about that. Like, so nothing in the book tour was set up to help me prosper and help me feel good. It was all set up for like what would look good on the outside. And so we, we um, a lot of the events were at really cool places. And if you came to see, see me on that 2017 book tour, like it was really fun. It was really successful, but I was really tired from it. Really, really tired. And there was no time off to do anything fun. It just went from, from tour to tour and, and work to work. So I was like, I'm never doing a book tour ever again (laughs) because I just couldn't face the idea of that much energy for something, you know, and it was just like, I just, I couldn't face doing it, right? I really couldn't. So I just said, I'm never going to do a book tour again. I'm only going to do virtual events and um, yeah, it's not going to happen. Now, the cool thing is though, in the meantime, I went and spoke like at Hay House's events, right? And so I was like, oh, thank God I chose a publisher who do their own events. So I don't have to organize this. I don't have to, you know, sell my books myself. They're all sold for them. I don't have to get bums on seats. I don't have to like set the chairs out. I mean, I wasn't physically doing that myself on my book tour, but it was, I was still paying someone to set those chairs out, right? So it was really cool, like going to speak at Hay House's events and, you know, they organized the whole thing. And it was really cool. Um, but I still kind of wanted to do something myself. And I saw, uh, I went to someone's book tour event and it completely changed my perception of it, right? So I live in Newcastle, Australia. And normally people don't really come here. Like we don't have big like bands and stuff come here. But Nigella Lawson came to Newcastle as part of her book tour. And it wasn't even a book tour for a new book. It was um, her the 20th anniversary of her book. I think it's called How to Eat. And I that book tour, like going to her event, absolutely changed my perception about it. So first of all, it was at a theater. It was at um, like just one of our theaters that, you know, you can see shows and stuff at. So it was like, you know, plush seats and like the curtains and it was all really cool and really set up. And I was like, oh, this is a good place to do a book tour. Why wouldn't I have done this instead of like doing it in hotels and like Marriott hotels? Um, So I was like, wow, this is really beautiful. And then she just came out and she sat on a couch and she just answered questions. 
And I love Nigella. I think she's just so beautiful. And I love her books. I love her videos. I love everything that she does. And so I was sitting there going, this is amazing. Maybe I could go and book tour and just like sit on a couch and talk and answer questions. Am I allowed to do that? And uh, yeah, I am. So I actually created an amazing book tour from that night. Uh, I started it the next day and it was so great and so amazing. And I will tell you about that after the break, but I just want to tell you really quickly before that. Um, so I asked Nigella a question and I was really nervous, but I really wanted to ask her a question because, um, you know, sometimes that's just like a little personal challenge that I set myself is to ask a question before I get too nervous. So I always put my hand up first. So I put my hand up and actually one of my neighbors was um, in uh, like working for the theater and she had the microphone. She saw me and she like came and gave me the microphone. I was like, yeah. And I said, oh, hi, Nigella. Um, My name is Denise Duffield-Thomas. I'm a money mindset coach and I love talking about money. And I would love to ask you a question about your money personality. You know, and she was like, ooh. And um, I said, you know, you always talk about uh, like pleasure and joy around your food. And I said, is that how you are with your money? Because I love talking about money archetypes. Um, I'm certified in sacred money archetypes with Kendall Summerhawk. And I thought she would be the romantic archetype, which is all about pleasure and doing things when you feel like it and really enjoying things and some people with that romantic archetype like overspend and overindulge and in things that bring them pleasure. So I thought she must be that archetype. And she goes, oh, actually, I'm really frugal. And I was like, oh, my God, really? She goes, yes, because I was a, a single mom and I, you know, really struggled when I was first a single mom. And so I learned I had to save my money. And so every time I get, you know, book royalties or, or make money, I always put some of it away because that that feeling is so painful. And I just went, oh, my God, how fascinating. Um, so she's probably got a lot of that accumulator um, money archetype in her which, you know, they're they're very much about scarcity sometimes and saving money for a rainy day. So I thought that was fascinating. But after the break, I want to tell you about um, the book tour that I created from seeing Nigella Lawson on her book tour. All right, I'll see you in just a sec. I'm Anna Moran, a former journalist and newsreader from England, but I've been living in Australia for the past 10 years, working in oil and gas and mining. My sister's photography business was kicking off back home and she was tripling her income within one to two years. When I asked her what her secret was, she sent me Denise's audiobook, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch, and it has changed my life. The first thing I did was to revamp my underwear drawer and I spent hundreds on knickers and socks. Thank you, Denise. I then went into work and demanded a pay rise and then some more when I got what I asked for. Within a couple of months, I quit my job and I'm now using my radio and journalism skills to set up my own business, starting with my Britstralian podcast. And that's all thank you to Denise. Hi, my name is Beth Blanco. I'm a certified financial counselor. I've been helping people with their finances since 2005. And a few years ago, I really got into energy and personal development. And I read Denise's book, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. And I absolutely loved it. It changed the trajectory of how I helped people um, with their finances, not just the strategy, but also improving their relationship and, and just unblocking you know, all the things from their childhood. And I just absolutely love the book. 
Okay, welcome back. So we are talking about um, the lessons I learned from stressful book tours. And now I want to share like the most successful book tour I have ever created or seen and and how freaking easy it was. So my first book tour, super stressful, um, you know, full of angst and all that kind of stuff. My second book tour, also super stressful. Now, the thing about my second book tour is that I only really, I think I spoke at five events. And I, I think it cost me, cost me about $100,000 to do that book tour for four events, um, which actually is pretty, like you might look at that and go, actually, that's not too bad. If you think of like four different hotels and event hire, that includes travel and accommodation for me, my husband, two kids, and um, my mom as well, as well as hiring an event manager and, you know, all the things, AV in every place, all the travel between, everything. So yeah, it cost me $100,000 and it was really freaking stressful and I vowed never to do it again. Oh, one thing I didn't mention too, I found out I was pregnant on that uh, on that book tour. So it was when I left, um, the, I think the New York event, which was amazing. I love that New York event. Um, it was the most successful, biggest one. But I left it and I was like, I thought I was going to vomit in the cab and I just thought it was because I just hugged like 300 people. I thought, oh, my God, I'm feeling sick from too many people. The next day um, uh, I had a day off between events and Mark said, what do you want for dinner? And I said, Chinese food. He goes, oh, I was thinking India. I was like, no, it has to be Chinese food. And he went, oh, I've heard this before. And I went, what do you mean? And he goes, are you pregnant? <laughs> and I went, no, why would I be pregnant? Um, and yes, I was pregnant. And so, yeah, anyway, so that added just an extra level of stress to that very stressful book tour. And I, again, if I saw you on that book tour, I loved, that was the best part is seeing everybody, meeting everybody. Okay, so after I saw Nigella Lawson and saw her just sitting on a couch and answering questions for her book tour and everyone thrilled with that, I, w I was like, how can I do a book tour that would be really, really easy for me? How would it be super easy? So actually, I got this brainwave to do all of my events at a cinema, at a cinema, because I loved being there at a theatre watching Nigella. And I thought there's theatres in every city, but actually there's cinemas in every single city. So I happened to know the marketing manager of one of the big chains here. Um, and so I said to her, hey, look, could I run actual like a speaking event at cinemas? And she was like, yeah, like most of the cinemas have set up for, you know, they can do meetings and events and stuff like that. And I was like, well, maybe that's how I can do a book tour. So spending a hundred grand doing four events, f five events, um, I organized. So in one day, I organized a 12 city book tour in one day. How did I do that? Well, I spoke to the marketing manager of that uh, cinema chain, Event Cinemas. And the thing with cinemas is that they're always open day and night, right? Always open. They have usually four to 12 cinemas in any one, like screens. They have big rooms and small rooms. So they'd have a room for 500 people. They would have a room for 2,000 people. And it's pretty easy for them to move stuff around because sometimes they might just have one showing and some of the cinemas might be empty anyway. So it was absolutely no problem for her to sit and like send an email to all of her 
um, chains and just book like book this event for me. Each um, cinema costs between nine hundred and twelve hundred dollars, depending on if it was a small regional one or if it was a ginormous kind of big city one, right? So that then was about it cost me about twelve thousand dollars for twelve cities. And if you have any any time, if you've ever booked events or tours or speaking things or conferences, you know like how much work it is just getting dates for hotels, uh, times, and like they're all different. So here's the other thing. Every cinema already has chairs. Every cinema already has a screen. Every cinema already has AV embedded into it. So I... I decided to do them during the day because I went, what would Nigella do? And I went, I actually don't want to work on weekends. I don't want to be away from my family during the weekends. So I'm going to go during the week and it's going to be a day event because I'm a grandma. I don't want to do night events. And so I would do, I think it was like um, like a lunchtime event, right? A two-hour lunchtime event. Uh, and so what I did was for a month, I left home on Monday I did a Tuesday event, I did a Thursday event, and then I would go home. And so I was only away for a couple of days, and I did that for for a couple of weeks, and I did 12 cities. Okay, so I, and this isn't saying to you, like, you have to do a book tour like that, or you have to do an event like that. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is there's always an easier way to achieve what you want to achieve. And so for me, I needed it to be a super simple event. And then I was like, okay, so I've got all these um, dates booked. And the cool thing was I could just do one sales page with different the different dates. It was so easy, like every cinema, people knew where it was. There was parking already. Um, all that information was on each cinema's website. Like there's one website for all the cinemas that has the parking information, the accessibility information. It was already all there. I could just copy and paste it. Um, it was always in a city center. It was super easy. So I was like, okay, what else can I make that's really easy around it? Um, so I spoke to my team to put in some really uh, good boundaries around how they were to book uh, accommodation and flights and stuff for me. So I was like, so my seat is always 1D, um, <laughs> which is always the front row, but it's not the one in front of the door. Um, and it's the aisle seat because I like, I, don't, I feel too hemmed in if I'm in a middle or a window seat. So 1D is my preferred seat, usually on most planes. So I was like, every flight, I want to be in 1D. Um, I always want a suite if you can get it because I want extra room. Uh, hair and makeup is going to be booked at this exact same time every time. We found like apps um, that could book hair and makeup for you so we could do it through one system. You know, a lot of local hair and makeup artists were, were like, you know, had a, a profile on that app. Um, I was like, I want you to like order the same uh like meal for me, if you can pre-do a meal on the plane, you know, in the hotel. I wanted it to be exactly the same. And I learned that from watching uh, like women like Mariah Carey, Kylie Minogue, um, what's her name, Katy Perry being on tour because they want their dressing rooms to look the exact same every time. 
So with Kylie Minogue, they travel with like a white couch and like a white rug and white curtains so they can make her dressing room look the same. And I used to think, oh man, what divas. But when you're doing the same thing again and again, you need those creature comforts. So I was like, hey, you guys have to book a latex pillow for me at every hotel because I hate feather pillows. You know, pre-book the breakfast, pre-book a meal on the plane for me and this is what I want. Um And so I would turn up. I didn't even know where I was going half the time. I would go, okay, I'm going to the airport and they have to put travel time in my diary so I knew what time I had to leave home. And then I would get there in my diary. It would be what plane I'm on, what time. On the other side, there would be a a diary confirmation about how do I get to the hotel? Is there a car picking me up? Do I have to get an Uber? putting the the travel time actually blocked out in my calendar and then the time of check-in, which hotel am I at, um, you know, what information, the next day, what time the makeup artist is coming in my calendar, what's their um, mobile phone number. And like the makeup artist was had been sent a photo of me ahead of time, like what kind of hair and makeup I want, uh, what colours I like, all those sort of things. And I felt like a little bit like a diva around it, but I realized that all of that stuff reduced decision fatigue for me. I didn't want to think about any of those things. Yes, I want to sit in 1D every single time. Okay, you can't get 1D, I'll sit in the in the one behind. I'll sit in 2D. <laughs> and um and there were some hiccups along the way where I was like, guys, where is like where am I going? It's not in my calendar. And they're like, oh, but we, we emailed you the confirmation. I was like, nope, it has to be in my calendar. So I only have to just check my calendar when I get off the plane and I know where I'm going. Um, one other cool thing that I did, because I didn't want to travel with anyone. I didn't want to travel with an entourage. I just wanted to be by myself. Um, we found, well, Hay House actually helped me do this. They found a, um, a bookseller that was also in every city and it was a book chain. And they actually came and and sold books for me. So I didn't even have to do that. They set up a table at the back of the room. They sold them, which means that they made the profit from it. And like in six months time, I'd get a dollar a book. But I didn't care about that. I didn't care about selling it because then I would have to get, you know, the FPOS machine, the credit card machine. I would have to have someone there to do it. And instead, it was just so, so easy. Okay, so. That was my uh, lessons from my stressful book tour and my super easy book tour. And I want to know what were your ahas around this? Like, is there something that you can change or shift in your business to be really, really simple, like really repeatable, really easy? Um, Yeah, I can't wait to hear your ahas on this one because I loved sharing it with you. But stick around because I've got one final thought to share with you straight after this break. Hey, my name is Kate Butler-Ross and I'm a writer and a content coach from London and I have a couple of small kids, three and seven, Eddie and Alana. Yeah, I joined Bootcamp back in January 2020. I'd read all of Denise's books, loved her work and um, I'd been in business for a couple of years and I'd had some success but I had some major issues around, um, you know, money blocks around starving artists. You know, writers can't make money, you can't be a successful writer and make money, creatives are poor, you know, all that kind of stuff and so I joined bootcamp for that reason because I knew I had to break through that and actually I ran through bootcamp for the first time and within a few days um, I had my first 
not quite five figure months, but very, very close. And that was, I cannot tell you, that was an enormous, that was huge for me. And then, um, so I was on a real high. And then of course, COVID hit and homeschooling, no time to work, no childcare, life was stressful. And so I suddenly realized I had to shift to this kind of passive or semi-passive income model. And I tell you what, what came up for me was that I, you know, it was wrong to make money without working hard and working in boot camp and being surrounded by these incredible women made me realize that I can do that and I do deserve that. And so now um, I've spent the last few months building my business and turning it into semi-passive income and focusing on the things that I love and and passionate about and I would never have done that without bootcamp and the support I get there join 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 it's amazing hey there friends it's Denise back here for one final thought and this is about um more clients I've heard this recently from people saying that they're actually they want more clients but they're also scared of clients of like oh what would an influx of new clients do or there's not enough clients and so Um, I always say to myself, like, there's always more clients. Just like I say, there's always more money. There's always more clients. And so I often look look for proof of concept around this. So if you've got someone that you look up to who serves a similar client base to you, and for me, um, it was someone who has like a massive, big course that, you know, tens of thousands of people have gone through. And I think, well, they're all very similar people who would join my money boot camp. So every time I get in my head and go, oh, gosh, everyone's seeing what I do. I, I look to that and I go, oh my God, no, there's always more clients. There's always more. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in, um, there's always more ways for you to reach new people. You know, the world is open up for you. So it could be just it's safe for me to find new clients. It's safe for me to have more clients. Or you could do mine, which is there's always more. There's always more clients. And I use this for money. I use this for everything. Even if I need to find like a hairpin or an elastic band, I always go, there's always more elastic bands. And I, then I look around and go, oh, there is, there's one. And there's something there about just telling yourself that there's more uh, gives you the eyes to see it. It gives you the faith then to go out and do the marketing. It, it, it opens spaces for you. Okay, So see where you're uh, telling yourself that there's lack and scarcity. There's always more. Oh my God, there's so many people on this planet and you only need a very small fraction of them to work with you. So there's always more clients, always. Uh, I will see you next week for another episode of Chill and Prosper, but I have a favor to ask. If you haven't yet rated or even subscribed, please do so because it really helps us. um, It helps the show find new audiences. Whenever I look at like the top 50, 100 podcasts, you know, they're always, they're often dominated by dudes. And I, I would love to hit, you know, a bestseller, bestseller, best listener, what do they call it? Most popular list for podcasts. So that's my favor that I want to ask for you today. Just hit that rate button. I don't care if you give me one star, it still helps. I don't read them anyway. And, um, and, you know, subscribe, tell someone else about it. If you enjoyed it, of course. Okay. I will see you next week for another episode of Chill and Prosper. See you later. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.